How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I would like to know... This is um, a segment where basically <laughs> I ask you something and you have to answer it. No, I'm kidding. doing the drum roll um, with you. <laughs> drum roll, please. Um, who was your least favorite person you ever interviewed? Oh, that's so tough. Hi, guys. It's Katie Austin here. And welcome back to Austin AF. Today, it stands for Austin and Friends because I have a friend, Rachel Demita, coming into the studio today. And I'm really excited because... She has been one of my all-time wants for this show. She was seriously one of the first top 10 people that I wrote down right before I started Austin AF and I came into my production office. I was like, here's the top 10 people that I would love for my show, like a dream guest. And so I'm really excited for her to come into studio. I've actually looked up to her for quite a while. I feel like she was one of the first women in the social media sports digital space, if you know what I mean. And if you guys know out there, uh, there can be those media routes that you think you need an ESPN job. You think you need a job. But at the same time, Rachel inspired me that you actually can be on your own and work for tons of different media jobs and be a full-time creator and love sports and do sports hosting without those traditional sports hosting roles, if you know what I mean. She got her start, um, you know, being a college athlete. She went viral on Twitter, actually. She was the host of NBA 2K. She did overtime show as well. And now she's actually coming out with her own show very, very soon. So look uh, very soon for that as well. And I'm just really excited to talk to her about some tea, some nitty gritty tea uh, that I want to ask her and also just like women in sports and about her journey and about being a college athlete. So without further ado, let's bring in Rachel. All right, you guys, I am so freaking excited. I feel like I always say that when I have a guest, but I genuinely mean this because Rachel, first off, thank you so much for coming into Austin AF. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for having me. I know you're very, very busy. I um, get to hang out with you twice in one week. I know, yay! <laughs> okay, so I'm really excited because when I first started this show, almost a year ago, you guys now, I had a wish list of 10 guests, and you were one of them. Aww, so welcome, yay. you're here. <laughs> Made it. No pressure. And sorry that it's like, <laughs> I know we've been trying to do this for a couple months, but I don't live full-time in LA anymore, so it's right. just been like trying to figure out my schedule because when I am here I'm normally just like slammed I'm sure and then I'm ready to go home to my little like quiet home in Texas and your house <laughs> you bought your house right? I did yeah congratulations thank you that's big time thank you seriously no that was one of my like adult moments where I'm like wow like I did the thing you it's know it's <laughs> really scary too and people don't realize how much goes into buying a house like, no at our young age it's really hard yeah and I had no clue and and I remember 
when I pulled the trigger on it and when I was like, yeah, like, let's go for it, it felt so impulsive. And I was like, whoa, like, what did I just do? You know what I mean? And now that I look back, like, I got into the the market in Texas before it went off and to where I could, like, actually afford things. Yeah, so it was... One of the best decisions ever, but yeah, I, was I completely like, Wait a agree. It's really scary, and then once you do it, you're almost relieved because it's like, well, at least I own something in my name now. Oh yeah, and I'm it's sure great. the value just went up a ton in the last two years. So yeah. honestly, good for you. Let's go. But then you find other things too. You're like, wow, this is also a full time job because now I have like a yard to take care yes. of. Now I have like weeds. Like I never had to worry about that before. Yes. Sewage you know? issues, <laughs> yeah. painting issues. Yeah. You're like, holy crap. Okay. It's fun, but it's a process. There's so much that I want to talk to you about, cool. and that we will get to, hopefully. But I first want to say how we met. Um, I just think it's a crazy story. Yeah, it is. In my personal opinion. So we It's all because of you. We oh, wouldn't be here if it thanks. wasn't for you. Because no. I don't talk to anybody I don't know. Like, I'm actually very shy in okay, regular but life. But at the same time, it was because of you, because I looked up to you so much. Because I was going to the Warriors game, and so was Rachel. You were doing, like, a YouTube video. It was the finals. Okay, yes. So I, like, partnered with YouTube TV, and they were, like, sending me to all the finals game. Ended up being a sweep that year, but yeah. <laughs> still. Yeah. So basically, it was Southwest, and I was one of the last people to board the flight. I just remember, like, seeing a middle seat and not really seeing anything else, and promised I didn't sit next to you on purpose. <laughs> like, I swear. I put my bag above head. I asked to sit in the middle seat. And I think I asked your friend. I was like, do you mind if I sit here? Yeah, she was on the end. Yeah. yeah. My best friend. And I sat down. And as I sit down, I look to my right and it's Rachel. And if you knew me at the time, I looked up to you. I, I was a senior in college. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do after school. And you were the only people that was like in sports, but online. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a different I do. kind of broadcast and journalism. And you didn't, you know. Yeah, I didn't do the regular thing. Thing that you're taught to do, I guess. So I paved a little lane for myself. Yeah. Which I really want to talk to you about, by the way, because it's really hard, especially a lane that didn't really exist almost when you were coming out of school. So we'll get to that in a second. But basically, uh, I didn't want to bother (laughs) on the plane. And I was like, when we got up, I was like, I just want to let you know, like, I love you. You're such an inspiration and I love everything you're doing. And you're so sweet to me. So thank you. Well, I was like pleasantly surprised because. For any of my fans who come up to me, I was like, oh, like I'm like a fan of your work or I follow you or whatever. It's like always a young guy for the most part. Okay. And it's like, I love my fans. Like I'm appreciative of every single one of them, but it's nice like hearing from girls sometimes. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, because that is like a demo that I want to tap into. Like I was a young female athlete at one point, or I was right. somebody who wanted to get into media as a female. And sometimes I don't feel like females get to see my content because it's just. Right. So saturated in that like sports video game land. So when, even when you said that, and I could tell like you're not you weren't a child either. Like you were like, <laughs> like you're not that I was 22. Yeah, you're just like yeah. a bit younger than me, but not anything crazy. I was like, oh, this is really cool. So I appreciated you of even course. saying anything. Of course. And honestly, yeah. I was really scared to say something to you because in that moment, you know, when you like look up to someone, you don't want to bother them or something. But like, I yeah. think it paid off. I mean, we're sitting here today. Oh, yeah. No, if you just, like, if you see anyone out there, make sure you say something. If, like, if someone inspires you, especially if you follow one of us on Instagram, come up to us because it means a lot when you go up to someone and you, yeah. like, say, hey, I love you. You're my inspiration, something like that. I love it more, too, when they actually, like, say, like, hi, I follow you on Instagram or, hey, I loved when you did this show or this and that. Not just, like, nice. hey, can I get a picture? Because 
and that's fine also. Like, I'll take a quick picture. But I I actually like to know, like, the backstory or at least your right. name. Like, I I like when people even introduce themselves. I like, completely agree. Hi, I'm Steven, and I've been following you since you were at 2K. Like, like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, thank you so much. Let's yeah. take a photo. You know, something like that. Do you like ever that. have any really weird fans? Have you ever dealt with, like, crazy fans? Yeah. There's been some where it's, like, a safety issue. There was oh, There was one in particular that was very uncomfortable. And I remember oh, no. I was in Indianapolis at the Pacers practice facility because we were filming with Paul George when he was still there. Cool. So this is, like, way back. Yeah, so we were doing something with him. And I remember we were leaving the facility and – like, somebody who worked there was like, hey, this person, like, wants to meet you or something. So I just assumed that he worked at the Pacers yeah. facility. He didn't. He found out where we were and, like, got through security somehow, like, into the whatever. And then brought up brought up somebody who had been, like, harassing me online. So it was one of those moments where, like, at first I thought I'm talking to somebody who works for the Pacers, right? And then he spins around and starts going hey, did you hear so-and-so saying this about you and, like, saying, like, explicit things? I'm like, okay, now this is, like, really wildly scary. uncomfortable. So, yeah. like, luckily my crew was there to help, like, whatever. But, yeah, that was one that, like, really stood out. And I was like, how did he get into an NBA facility? Yeah, you know what I mean? he must have done some crazy credential working or something. Yeah. that's hard to do. So yeah. that was, like, one time. And then I've had, like, times where people, like, tweet, like, that they were, like, following me or they knew what car I was driving in. They saw me go, like, somewhere. So, like, those Creepy. are, like, few and far between. For the most part, everybody's, like, super cool. Yeah. But I've also had people – this actually very much bothers me. I've had people lie that they've met me. Like, I've had people, like, tweet or, like, comment on Instagram before saying, like, I met Rachel today. She was, like, such a bee. Oh like, God. she wouldn't even talk to me. And I was like, I've been on my couch all day. Like, I like an alibi. <laughs> I actually wasn't there. That's what and I'm didn't saying. That's yeah. so weird. So I've had people lie. I, like, if you say something, like, bad about, like, how I look or whatever. But, like, don't say I'm mean because I'm, I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least I don't think I am. Wait, that's so interesting. So, Do you ever yeah. deal with haters online? I mean, you have millions of followers, and I'm sure you do. But at the same time, like, if you deal with them online, not, like, in-person stalkers, but online, <laughs> do you have any hate that comes your way, and how do you deal with it? I think I got thick skin a long time ago to, like, Instagram comments. And that's why I said, like, the, the only thing that really bothers me is when it's, like, blatant lies of people saying something about my character. Because, like, again, people can say what they want, but that just, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like that. feel good. That's of anything, like, make fun of how I look or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've been in the digital space since... 2012 or 13, Whoa. you know what I mean? So I was on YouTube in like the OG days yeah. and I came into YouTube and I was actually on this reality YouTube series. It's like beauty show. Anyway, I, I won. <laughs> uh, yeah. You won? I, I won. I had no business of winning, but I'm just competitive. Going to YouTube to type this later. No, I'm <laughs> Please don't like it. No. <laughs> it's cringy now looking back. But I remember even then, like, that was my first taste of, like, hate online. Because I went in coming straight out of broadcast journalism school. So when I went into any kind of production, I was, like, talking like I got taught to speak in school. Right. Like a news anchor, essentially. Right. And so the comments, though, were just, like, lighting me up. Like, why does she talk like this? She's so strange. Or she's so skinny. Or she's so this. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I remember... Like, that being my first, like, show, and I was just, like, upset about it. Yeah. How do you it's deal just, with it now? Do you reply to them, or you literally just block, ignore? No, I, I don't reply, even though there's times I definitely want to. Um, I don't because I don't reply to all my good comments, 
And so for me, it's like, if I'm replying to bad comments and I'm not replying to good, that's like a slap in the face of the people yeah. who support me. For sure. Yeah. That's a really good that's point. That's how I wrap my head around that's it. That's a really good point. And honestly, thank you because I need to get that <laughs> through my head. I'm in a phase right now where I reply to some hate comments because yeah. I've just grown recently. Um, and they get to me a lot right now, especially yeah. becoming like an SI swimsuit model. People comment all the time like, you don't deserve to be this, like, blah, 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 commenting yeah. on a lot of things. And it's just, like, I have to learn to let it go because they don't know me in real life. And I think that's the best thing about, um, you know, self-esteem is realizing these people don't know you. Yeah. And we know exactly who we are, so I just have to keep reminding myself that. But it's really hard, you guys. It's human nature, too. Like, you're yeah. not a robot. You're not going to... Like, not everything's just going to bounce off of you. You know what I mean? And and some of these comments, too, I'm like, how am I making you angry sitting at home with, what like— What content are we doing? We're not saying. political. We're not doing <laughs> no. anything religious or crazy, like, out there. Yeah. I feel like we have very inspiring it's content. It's like, I'll make a—I'll, like, do a video. Honestly, the, the videos that get the most hate are me, like, doing anything basketball-related, like, making a trick shot. They get yeah. so angry, like, wow, you think you're special because you make this shot after, like, the 75th try, and I'm like— no, I just thought it was cool, cool. so I posted yeah, it. Yeah, it, it really doesn't have that much meaning behind no, it, guys. No, most of my stuff doesn't. I'm just like, I think it's cool. I had fun doing it. Like, or here you, you say go. this is my first try. <laughs> Literally, it's like, wait a second. Um, no, it's not. Like, I've gotten that too. I'm like, well, actually it is. I'm not lying to you guys. Right. Like, what the hell? Or if it's not, who cares? Who cares? Right. Who cares? <laughs> okay, so I want to go back before the hate comments, before the followers, and when you were a college athlete. We've talked about this. We actually talked about it on your show that's coming out. Yes, we We did. talked about how we were both college athletes. We actually both quit pretty early. So yeah. I want to talk to you about your experience playing basketball. My goal always was to go Division One since I was, like, in the seventh grade, right? So I, I mean, basketball was my entire life. And, like, we also talked about, like, I'm, I'm, almost 5'8". I'm not that strong. I'm not naturally fast. I naturally cannot jump, still can't jump. You know, like like natural athletic ability isn't, I'm not just born with that. So I had to work my ass off. I wouldn't know that. You seem very athletic. Well, I am, I guess when you compare, when you, but when you compare me to like D1 athletes, you know Energy. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, natural yeah. athletic ability. Yes. I worked my ass off to get the ability that I have, but yeah. So I, I became a shooter. I've like spent hours upon hours in the gym. I did whatever I needed to do. Like when I was in high school, I worked out at 5am before school. And then I took a lifting class during school just so I could work with our strength coach there. And then Gosh. after school, obviously had practice. And then normally after that, it's been another hour either by myself or with my skills coach, like working out more. Yeah. So like that was, I was dedicated, you know what I mean? For sure. Um, but I never wanted to play professionally and nobody in my family grew up playing organized sports at all. Nobody ever played in college. This was like a brand new experience for us, like getting recruited, like getting college letters, traveling with AAU, wow. like having these college coaches come to my games. Like this was all new. And so when the offer from Old Dominion came in, they were ranked 11th in the country at the time. Um, coach Wendy Larry was there, who was like a very famous women's basketball coach. And it was one of those things I'm like, yeah, I'll freaking take it. You know, when I did my visit and everything seemed good enough for me, you know? Yeah. And then, but I, I think, I mean, none of us knew, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade anything that happened to me or, or me walking away or whatever. But I, I realized pretty quickly during my freshman year, like I'm either going to graduate in four years being a fantastic basketball player at, at like the, the highest level I can possibly be at, 
or I can step away and then like not know what I'm going to do with my career because I'm right. not getting education, <laughs> just to be frank. Um, or I can step away now and like really dive into my career and put that same energy I had in basketball into what I want to do next. And so I made that decision. It's a hard decision. It's harder oh, than yeah. people think because it's not that easy. We're we're really lucky that we had passions beyond our sport as well. Yeah. Um, with broadcast and hosting, and so a lot of the time people hate their sport but don't know what else to do with it. And I had that same decision too. Um, and for me, it was like, well, shoot, am I going to become a lacrosse coach? Like, at least there's like women professional basketball too that you could yeah, possibly think about. For me, it was like, okay, I actually find this so pointless to play. But at the same time, and we talked about this, it's almost your identity. So you yeah. feel so lost when you quit. Did you have any like identity issues? Yeah, <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of sad, honestly, when I think back because that that first year of basketball and the year after is blurry. Like my mom remembers things I don't remember. Like so Scary. my my brain did some sort of yeah. like defense mechanism and kind of blocked out some of those times and I did experience some bullying in college, which I experienced in high school too, but it definitely got worse in college. And then just trying to find myself after that because you're just that was that was what I did. That totally. was my passion. I reached that goal. Um I did start running, which was like <laughs> I guess that's a healthier habit than like drinking or partying or doing something <laughs> like that. But at the same time, that got into an addicting pattern as well because I needed, I didn't know what life was without competition, right? Yeah, so, I'm a coach. Yeah, and I'm a great runner. So I just started running after and I started competing in like local races and I was Damn. winning them. Like I'd win a 5K, win a this, win a that. And then I was like, well, now I'm addicted to this. Transferred to American University. I was training with the boys cross country team on the weekend and oh then gosh. the girls track team and like they wanted me to join the track team at American and I was like no I can't get back into a D1 sport so anyway I kind of channeled that into running and right. like it was a healthy ish dynamic it was a little it was a little too obsessive um but that's kind of what I did to like stay in sport in a way do you think it's also because it was almost like you didn't know what to do when you didn't have a coach. I feel like for me, I was like completely lost without a coach. And like, especially my teammates, like no call time of like 5 a.m. to like go to the gym or anything. So it was really hard to figure out what to do workout wise. Mine, I think was opposite. Like I, I had just had been so used to always waking up at five. So now with this running, like I made my own schedule, right? So I'd Good like, for you. I'd wake up super early and go for a run. I made my own like training plan. So like Tuesdays and Thursdays were like track, sprint workouts for me uh, on the weekends, it was long distance running. And then I like varied it in between. And then on some days I would like go to the gym and lift to like supplement. So my brain was just like still in, that's what I'm saying. Like the coaches at American University were like, you could be in our top five right now. Damn. For like, you know, in in distance, like if you didn't, I didn't want to be like coached again. I was like, no, I just got out of a D1 sport. Like I'm not doing this again. That was the reason I quit. I I considered it it, for sure. Um, but yeah, so it was one of those things. My mind was just so programmed into it, but I think the healthiest thing for me to do was to finally get out of that. And it did take a few years for me to kind of like tone it back a little bit and like let myself live, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like we kind of relate to this and you don't really have to go deep if you don't really want to. But for me, when I was in high school, I was always like the skinny girl, uh, Uh relatively skinny. And basically my coaches my entire high school were like, you will never be 
um, a college athlete because you need to get stronger, you need to get bigger, you need to be able to like, you know, have bigger thighs to be able to lift more and right, everything yeah. like that. And so I had a really messed up body image of it. And then I went to college and I got a lot bigger. I think I gained like 30 pounds or something. And then I quit. And then I was a sorority girl. And I, for the last four years, basically, not currently, but like, you know, high school ended up quitting and then sorority girl. It was like this weird body image of having being too skinny and then being too athletic and too strong for your sorority type. Did you ever struggle with like post-athletic body images or while you were an athlete or anything like that? I think I did not so much of how I looked because I'll take running as the example. I got really skinny running as much as I was. I'm sure, yeah. But the skinnier I got, the faster I got, the more I won. So where's the balance? Do you know what I mean? Because at the end I was doing marathons. And I I ran my first and last marathon in three hours and 19 minutes, which qualified me for Boston by like, however, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But like, I was really skinny to do that, but it worked. So my mind has just always been, and now it's like in a healthier state. And luckily I'm doing workouts that don't kind of like shred me down or like make me too bulky. It's just, for me, performance has always been the goal. I I love to win. I like to achieve my goals. So whatever I need to do, and I'll be frank, when I was running and when I was a lot skinnier than I am now, I didn't like the way that I looked. Right. But I loved a feeling of winning. So it's like, you know what I mean? Lose, lose, win, win situation. (laughs) It's hard to combat, for sure. And I was just so addicted to that, like, winning feeling and that feeling of training. If you're in a a weight that, like, kind of works and you don't have, like, health issues on one side or the other, like, being too big or too small, I think it's the healthiest mindset to have because now I don't train for any kind of physique. I train to, like, hit my goals, and now I just love my body because I'm hitting my goals. I love the way that my body looks and feels, and that's how it's at now. Yeah, And I think anyone listening, and if you were an athlete and you're struggling with right now, just know it takes time to find, like, what works and what how you feel your best self. It took me probably four years post being an athlete to, like, figure out how to work out for my body, what feels best, because it's just such a mindset that you get stuck in for so long. Well, you've seen that change a lot, too, even— and I do gymnastics recreationally now because it's just so much fun. But you see that with a lot of professional gymnasts or even gymnasts in college with their kind of body image. And I even remember when I was like seven years old doing gymnastics and us doing like a hollow hold and our coach kind of like pinching our stomach or pinching different oh areas gosh. to tell us to like tighten up. You know what I mean? But I can only imagine that like on the like, you know, I was level Baby four scale. or five or something. These girls are elite. And then they talk about when they go to college and they gain weight, but they have so much... And obviously gaining weight is nothing. They still look amazing and they're in fantastic shape. But they gain a little weight and they kind of like struggle with it. But then they find themselves having a lot of fun because they don't have to be at this certain whatever. So I think there are certain sports that are even a little bit harder than others. um, For sure. And is prevalent in women's sports in general. I completely agree. I do think nowadays, when we were in college, I feel like people don't talk about like body images and mental health as much as they do now. So I think like it's definitely getting better. It's progressing, which is like, thank goodness, because women's sports needs a lot of uh, (laughs) therapy and psychology. Yeah. And honestly, if you're performing 
in a way that like you're exceeding and doing well in your sport, who cares what you look like? No, or who not cares? At all. Like fr- from the outside, like what your body shape is, what whatever. And you can even translate that into like the NBA or something. Take Steph Curry or Trey Young. Yeah. Years ago, they'd been like, oh, they're way too small or they're way too whatever. But no, now it works, and like they're two of the best players in the league right now. A little NBA analogy right there. Yeah. <laughs> Through the guys in the mix because we don't talk about your bodies as much as ours. <laughs> so true, by the way. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from playing basketball in college, what was your next step? You knew that you wanted to be a host. You knew that you wanted to do something in sports. I definitely wanted to go into hosting. I always thought I wanted to go into the entertainment space, and especially right after I quit basketball because I just like needed a break from yeah. sports in general. And so I actually got an internship with Entertainment Tonight working under Mark Steinez. Um, so cool. My summer, my junior year. So I came out to L.A., Spent a summer with him and also Kevin Frazier and Christina McClarty. Like, this is way back. And so worked under all of them and thought, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to be on ET or entertainment, you know, whatever. And then quickly realized after that summer, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> like, this isn't for me because I just, I just saw what it entailed. And I was like, I don't really think I'm built for a show like this. But I did know that I wanted to come back out to L.A. So after I graduated from American and... December 2011, right after the new year, I came back out to LA and just figured it out. And is that when you got 2K? No, that it was a grind till then. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I first got out to LA, I was working 40 hours in a restaurant because it didn't really come out here with yeah, any money. Yeah, so I was working 40 hours in a restaurant. I was modeling. I was doing like commercial stuff, just like making money the best way that I could. And then at the same time, just trying to get my name out there. Basketball came back into my life with this Nike skills challenge. So I don't know. They were just doing the challenge. I had this crazy idea to enter, and I think you entered like on Twitter or something. Long story short, I entered, I won. And then from there, like started working with Nike and Adidas and Under Armour and like all of the the brands. And I was doing interviews with their professional athletes for them, but they were all like internal interviews. So nobody ever saw them. They were just for the company. Interesting. You know what I mean? So like Damian Lillard or John Wall would drop a new shoe. I'd interview them, talk about the shoe or whatever. And then like they'd send it to corporate and like no one would ever see it, even including myself. But that's kind of, I mean, it's a blessing in a way because I got to practice without people like tearing me apart for it, you know? So that's kind of how I got started in the sports space again. And then I started doing stuff with the professional dunkers, like hoop mix tape balls. I was just trying to like get in the mix, you know, collaborating with other creators, doing stuff at YouTube space. And then that's when 2K saw my stuff that I was putting out on my own YouTube channel. And they reached out and they were like, hey, we have this crazy idea to like put a TV show in, a, in our video game. And I was like, okay. And they're like, we want you audition. And I was like, okay, let's Wild. do it. Yeah. Because that was the first TV show in a video game. Yeah, first ever. Wow. Yeah. I want to know also, this might be um, an out there question. Did you do any of the work before 2K for free? Because I did yeah. so much work for free. <laughs> I feel like women in sports sometimes, yeah. and I say women specifically because I feel like there's not as many spots as men, um, which we will change soon. Do not worry. <laughs> uh, but I think like, a lot of my male counterparts were doing things for money when I was doing things for free because I knew that like 70 other girls behind me would have done it if I didn't do it. Yeah. And I feel like you have to grind to get those jobs even for free. Yeah. And I have done so many jobs for free, but people don't know if you're getting paid or not. I've done internships for free throughout college. Like you 
you do have to do those things. I think everybody has to do some stuff for free. If you really want it, you have to get your reps in. And however you do that, you need to do it. And then it comes to a point where like, what's my value? Like how many of these has have I done? Is this a waste of my time now? Am I spending too much time doing free things where I'm not getting much in return? And I could be putting, you know, my time into like making my own content or something. Right. That was a really big thing for me though, is creating, yeah, I feel like that's crazy. Like back in 2013 and 14, I was creating on my own before. Like now that's what everybody does or Seriously. like a lot of people in this you space. You were one of the <laughs> first like influencers that I started following and I'm being dead serious. Like it, in terms influencers and it really wasn't cool. a thing yet. You yeah. know what I mean? And now it's like everyone Thank you. <laughs> cool. Okay, so yeah. now I want to get to 2K. Mm-hmm. So you're at 2K for five years? Four to five years. And I feel like it was a really big deal when you left. Well, obviously that was like a huge opportunity in my life and I wouldn't change it for the world. And it was an amazing experience. Um and it was cool to be like the first person yeah. to do first. I was actually their first hire for that show. Crazy. Like our first episode came out and it was me and two other people who produced and edited and put it together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was a team of three. And it definitely grew obviously to be something huge and evolved over the years. And it was one of those things um, I probably knew for like over a year that my time there was like coming to a close in my eyes because it wasn't fulfilling me the same way. I definitely wasn't growing. There were some things there that were just like, just get, getting a little bit difficult for me to like continue doing. Um, and I just kind of knew in my heart, but at the same time, like this is something I poured my heart and soul into. Yeah. I helped create it. I helped, you know, come up Hard. with the whole concept. So it was my baby in a way. And so it was definitely like quitting basketball, leaving 2K, hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. And I knew at the same time too, it's like you're you're leaving a platform that you have millions of people watching you all the time. Like that's just visibility. If yeah. if nothing else, like I knew I would have visibility and you don't know what's on the other side. But ask any of my closest friends, family, whatever, they're like that that was soul draining for you at the end. I feel like nowadays especially people don't stay at jobs that long too. Yeah. And especially, you know, you knew you kind of wanted to leave. Was there like one like trigger moment that was like, okay, I have to do this? Because sometimes you just have to like rip off the band-aid. It's almost yeah. like a relationship. If you're in a relationship for way too long and you're like, how do I do this? What's like advice would you give for someone wanting to leave their corporate job, wanting to just like pull that trigger rip the bandaid off and make the next step, even though they're so freaking scared. It's hard to give like one piece of advice for that. I think everybody's situation is different. I, I, th- I think about it too. Like I, I didn't have a family to provide for necessarily like, you know, yeah. single kind of on my own, taking care of myself. Like I think those things change if you also are taking care of others. So you don't want to like, you know, leave somebody else <laughs> high and dry. Um but yeah, you just, I think you'll just feel it. That's always what I've gone for. And it's hard. Like, I honestly think it would have been easier if they fired me. Because yeah. I wouldn't have had a choice. You know it's what like I mean? A, a it's like, again. can you break up with me? It's, so that's what I'm just saying. like, end this right here. <laughs> yeah. You just really have to, you have to see, you have to just check your just whole energy in general. And if it's something that's draining you day in and day out, and it was the same with basketball, like if it's hard to step foot inside your job and you know that you're not giving everything that you can give because you're you're incapable at this point, or if there's certain things where you know you could be being treated better and you've asked for that and it's not happening, you know, then you have to just kind of stand up for yourself. And 
everybody, like nobody knows what the future holds. So you're never going to know what's on the other side. And you just have to be prepared for what that is. And I, and I was. Like we had other things lined up. And I knew, I don't know, I just always know I'll figure it out. That's always what I say. For sure. And yeah. that was actually my next question about future. Did you have a plan? Did you know like any jobs lined up? Or you were just like, well, I have a lot of followers now. And you're probably making you know good money just being an influencer per se. But did you have like a strategy or a plan? Or were you just like, I'll figure it out when I figure it out? My 2K salary was a very small chunk of what I was making in total every year. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, but it was also the majority of my time. So it was, I was like, okay, money-wise, I've definitely, like, I've worked hard. I've saved up quite a bit. I did sign with overtime, um, so I knew I'd be going right into that after. And so that was something that just, like, gave me a little bit of, like, comfort knowing at least I'm going into like another job, I guess. But yeah, I knew I would have to hustle my agents and my team and everybody was like working hard for it. I knew it would be hard. I I didn't think that me leaving would linger this long because I still, to this day, like the majority of my comments are about 2K. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why'd and you leave like, 2K, Rachel? Yeah, it's like, like, guys, it's years ago. Like, come back, I miss it. you. Yeah, and it's like, again, I would rather that than them like saying like glad you're gone you know like yeah, I, I guess I made sure. an impact on people's lives and I truly appreciate that and I will always love the support I guess you know just at the same time sometimes I'm like well I hope you like the other things I'm doing too because yeah. I like this stuff also well you <laughs> like, ever do like a guest appearance on 2k so I actually did their 200th episode cool but then like I don't know if anybody saw it or anything because barely anybody said anything about it and I didn't promote it okay, so it. I don't yeah I feel like a main thing about being one well, they of, always say come back and do a guest appearance. I was like, I have. Uh, Are you guys didn't <laughs> watch it tune in next time. Maybe <laughs> like, I guess nobody Missed knew it. I was on. I think yeah. a huge thing about being like what we do, an influencer, host, a personality, is being ever evolving and being ready for change. Yeah, because our industry changes so much, and I think you've done a really good job with that. And we also had a pandemic in our lifetime, so that too. That sister. was like. Figure it out, everyone. Yep, yep. (laughs) And so I think the biggest tip also is like you have to change with the times. You know, the platforms change. Your Mm -hmm. interests do change. I think also in your 20s, your interests change so freaking much. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm at the latter end of my 20s right now. um, And I know we're really close in age. And I feel like our 20s are the hardest part of figuring out what we want to do. Yeah. Do you agree with that? You just have to be open to that. Yeah. Like, it's hard sometimes because you hold yourself to a certain thing. Like, oh, I've always wanted this. And then when you don't want it anymore, you're like, is something wrong with me? Like, I need to still want that, you know? You could have said sense? my okay. mind better, <laughs> okay. right? That's yeah. how I feel sometimes. Yeah. And also, it's just like, I have been in the sports world for a while. And, you know, the last two years, I have been kind of out of sports and been doing more like recipes and more fitness. And so it's weird for my brain to be like, like the identity crisis of like what I went to college for, what I had my Fox Sports West job for. And it's like, wait a second. Everything that I've done led me to where I'm supposed to be though. And at the same time, like your interests will change every single year, which I think is a good thing. It shows signs of growth at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't even love the like five-year like plan type of question. Because also like if tomorrow I wanted to like get married and be a stay-at-home wife and like have five kids, like – I'll do that. I don't want to do that. But like, (laughs) I'm open to that, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you should close yourself off or, or just, 
continue your life in a path because you think that you should or because somebody else thinks that you should. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, speaking of marriage, thank you so much, Rachel, for bringing this up. Uh, you're in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in a relationship for a while, right? Yeah. And you keep it very private. Yeah, I do. Are we allowed to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay, yay. Okay, so um, your boyfriend is a basketball player as well. Yeah. And how long have you guys been together? It's almost four years now. It's a really long time. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. I'm good at long-term relationships. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How is it? Really large, big question here. How is it dating an NBA player? Honestly, I said I would never do it because I grew up a basketball player and I've been around like yeah. male basketball players all the time. I'm like, yeah. this, you guys are not for me. Yeah, you're bad. Like, I've seen all of it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but he's definitely different. Like, and I think that's why it ended up working or I even gave him a chance or he gave me a chance because I was like, okay, you're, you're not the same, you right. know? So I don't know. I don't really think of him as a basketball. It's weird. Like, I don't think of him as a basketball player. Like, we're just kids who have fun yeah. together. Oh, you know what I mean? I like, that's that. how it, yeah. yeah. I feel like there's I mean, also— I that's one of the best parts about our relationship is we just have a lot of fun, oh, you know? Yeah. It's really awesome. It's just something I need. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> there's, like, a stigma sometimes about women who work in sports— and then they start dating an athlete. Yeah. Um, and I actually did the same thing, but back in back in the day, <laughs> I have a new boyfriend now who's not an athlete. He's great. <laughs> but back in the day, I did the same thing. I dated a basketball player when I was trying to be a sports host. Mm -hmm. And I got those like comments of being like, you were literally just trying to be a sports host and be in sports because you want to date the athletes or something. Yeah. It's like the weird thing. But people don't realize like, we are athletes ourselves. That's our entire life. And so yeah. it's like, makes sense that of course we're going to be with an athlete. You know what I mean? Have you right. ever struggled with that? Yeah, I think that's also just like why I keep like a lot of things private because I never, till the end of time, I never want to be known like as somebody's like girlfriend. Like that's not my come up. That's yes. not my, like that's not how I want to be known. Um, if somebody knows me because of that, that's great because I'll be proud of my relationship, but I don't want to like come forward like with that. That's not my whole identity. Sure. So I just feel more comfortable like keeping things private in that way. Like I don't need to show you that like I'm at the practice facility with him or like in the tunnel or like hanging out with him and his teammates and Even stuff. Even though I do want to see that, Rachel. It's like, well, no, and, and I can understand like people are probably like, oh, that's so cool. Like you yeah. do all of these things, but it's just like, yeah, that's just part of my life though. Like, you know, right. I'll just like leave that to me. How did you guys meet? I, I still don't know the story. We met at the final four. Oh. In San Antonio. Yeah, so he's from San Antonio. And then I was there in my celebrity game I play in every year. So, like, wherever the Final Four is. We actually, side note, uh, celebrity game. Oh, my God. Seriously, you guys had a Celsius before this. My brain is actually so ADD. Um, I have so much, so many things to talk to you about. It's so okay. Me. I had a chai latte, which will do it for me. <laughs> like, like, we're I'm like a lightweight with alcohol and caffeine. So I wish I was a lightweight with alcohol. Yeah. Um, you actually, I have so many things to say to you, but you just reminded me about that your celebrity games. Did mm -hmm. you go viral with Justin Bieber one year? Or am I making that up? Yeah. Well, we played together. But Justin and I, like, have known each other for a long time. So I think it did go viral because we were talking to each other on the bench and people were like, oh, he's hitting on her. It's like, yeah. no. Did you guys ever date? No. I dated, like, somebody who worked with him. So, oh, like, I was just constantly, like, I've been around Justin a lot. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he's cool. No, I remember seeing that. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I had to ask about I'm this. I'm like, no, no. Absolutely <laughs> did not date. But, okay. but, yeah, we were just, like, catching up. I hadn't seen him in a while. So I'm like you know, just talking, and then we played in the game together. Right. Okay, so, that makes yeah. sense. No. 
Okay, everyone, clear the air. Yeah, clear the um, air no. Okay, wait, back to a dating NBA player. Have you ever seen some crazy shit that goes down with the players and their girlfriends or anything? I have this like crazy story uh, when I was in college, and I'll tell the story while you're thinking oh, maybe. Gosh. I uh, have this story where basically I was sitting, I was like the OG girlfriend because we were dating for like almost five years. And so yeah. I was like, always seeing these college. girls. Yeah. Okay. Like he was a he was a point guard for UCLA. And so I always would see like different girls coming in and out. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I was the one who like stood still. Then meanwhile, his teammate dated a girl for like a year. So she was actually my really good friend. Cause I was like, damn, a whole entire year that a girl sticks around. Let's do this. Like right. we're gonna become friends and go to the games together. Sitting next to her at a game, all of a sudden this girl comes in, sits in front of us in a trench coat, and she <laughs> gets up and she's holding a number 14 sign, which was my friend's boyfriend, my boyfriend's yeah, teammate. Yeah. And she's holding the sign. She rips off her trench coat, all lingerie. You see her boobies and everything. And at this a is college a, basketball at game? At a college basketball game. She had her own Snapchat filter. She ended Jeez. up being, it was her, her name was uh, God Bless Brianna and her friend was Alexis Texas. They were porn stars and they were filming a porno and it ended up being, she was actually having sex with a teammate and so my friend was getting cheated on with a porn star. Anyways, that's my craziest story. It was well, wild. Did she get arrested for that? Uh, no, but she got escorted out. That's what I'm saying. Like a college game is like... No, could you imagine your boyfriend... Everyone in the entire stadium finds out uh. and you find out that you're being cheated on with a porn star. Oh, jeez. And the entire stadium, it was like, uh, we're in the family section. Like, the right. families were around. I no, was I'm just like, trying to think. Like, there's kids that go to, like, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't, like, college <laughs> kids to me now are children. And that's, like, children. wildly inappropriate to do on a college It game. was drama, Jeez. you guys. Oh, my gosh. Drama. No, I, I don't have anything that even come close, comes close to that, <laughs> honestly. Um... I honestly haven't seen anything happen like that. Dang, I thought you have some I also, juicy stories. I also, though, have never been, like, for better or worse, I, I, like, I travel a lot, I'm busy, so I, I right. was never, like, at all the home games or, like, really, like, I was friends or, like, knew, like, people within, like, the organization and girlfriends and things like that, but I was never, like... Yeah, hardcore in the mix. You know what Too I mean. Too busy doing your own thing. Like, yeah, not really caring for the drama. I'm yeah. opposite. I'm like, give me all the drama. My life is so boring. <laughs> but I do know that in the bubble, though, it was they were like, like, jail for them. Like, yeah. not jail. That's like really extreme. But like, they were like ready to get out. Like oh, all sure. all the guys and like talking to other girlfriends whose boyfriends were in the bubble. They were just like kind of on edge the whole time. Like, could you see your boyfriend when he was in the bubble? No. How long did you go without seeing him then? Like almost two months, I think. Wow. Yeah. But they but it was for them, it was more so like, you know, they're in like small rooms and these guys are used to living in like huge houses and like yeah. having like their chefs and all the things and then just like going back to the room, going to practice back to the room, and they're just like around guys the whole time and then they're competing. That's and so hard. they're all just like And they're also rawr. around the people that they're competing with. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Which is like yeah. Very so different. it's just very like hard. that whole experience I know was like hard on every player, like mentally and physically, just kind of like getting through that. And then also yeah. like that time in everybody's life, like during COVID, like that was a hard time to live yeah, for you anybody. Yeah, know what your next step was. No one yeah. knew what they were doing next in their life. Yeah. It was wild or what was going to happen. Yeah, and then being there and like seeing the news and seeing like what's going on and then you feel like kind of isolated. And I know every everybody felt isolated even if you were surrounded by people at that yeah. time. So it was just like, yeah. Wild time. Yeah. Okay, so now we are coming to the end of our show and we have a segment called Mood Boosting Mantra. 
where basically okay. I ask every guest their mood boosting mantra, meaning it can be anything positive you say to yourself <laughs> to uh, get you through the day or yeah. something like work wise to like help you get motivated, get to where you are today. Do you have like a mantra or saying? <sighs> okay, well, this one just came to me recently because. I feel like recently, I don't know what happened, but I've just had this breakthrough of almost like confidence in myself. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's go. So like it <laughs> happened. So my new saying as of now is just, just fucking go for it. Like that's what it is. I love that. I've just like, I've tried new things recently and I'm like, why not? I'm at this point in my life. Why not just go for whatever I want to do? If it works Absolutely. out, great. If it doesn't. You Have know? you ever been in like a creative rut or anything? Yeah, absolutely. What would your best tip be to get out of like a rut? Like especially <sighs> if you're a host and you don't know what to do next or if you're in social media and you're like, I literally don't even feel like posting. The only way is through, honestly, like as corny as that sounds. Because even COVID was so tough for me. There's like, you can go back. If we went through my social media, I could like show you a picture or show you a TikTok video I made and then show like tell you I filmed this and then I cried the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only way is like through. You just have to like mm. keep doing it. If you want something bad enough, if you don't and you want to switch and something else makes you happy, fine. But if you want it bad enough, you're going to have to just get through those times. So just do the best that you can. That's all I did. And I, I look back now in retrospect and I'm really proud of myself for not giving up because there were times like during quarantine and during other times that I was just like, I don't even want to, I have no motivation or any energy to do this anymore. Yeah. Like nothing's working for me. I'm feeling hopeless. Like why? Well, especially when you're through. so used to like traveling all the time and getting inspiration yeah. from like your work when like you're with other people and you're interviewing other people and you're in front of the cameras. But when it's just you and you have to like pick up your own camera and your own phone to like film your content, yeah. it's really hard to be inspired. Yeah. And I had like two shows that went away because of COVID and I ended my overtime contract like two weeks before we were like in lockdown. Mm. So it's like I came out of a contract that was exclusive signed for two more shows and then they both just didn't happen. One of them we filmed the whole series and it never aired. That's the other the one. So it was like things I was just like disappointment after disappointment and I just had to like push through. And now I'm like at a really great spot and I feel I don't know, just oh, really yeah. good. So no, I'm happy. It's amazing. And <laughs> yeah, like again, everything happens for a reason. Like maybe those shows fell through because now you're doing your own thing. Yeah. You know? And so like you never know where things are gonna lead. And I think that's such an amazing takeaway too of like you're going to get a no. Like, even at Rachel's level, she's going to, like, you know, stuff is going to fall oh, through. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that's really important to note because you can look at someone like her and be like, she probably, everything is like super, you know, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> at the same time, like, it's really There's good more to know. no's than yeses yeah. for sure. And I feel like it's like that at every level. So totally. you just got to, like, brace yourself and keep going. If you want it bad enough, you just got to keep going. I love that. Yeah. Okay, now we have our last segment called No Filter. Okay. <laughs> and I would like to know. This is this is a uh, a segment where basically I ask you something and you have to answer it. No, I'm kidding. doing the drum roll um, with you. Drum roll, <laughs> please. Um, who was your least favorite person you ever interviewed? Oh, that's so tough. <laughs> so basically I like ask mm. people very out there questions in this segment. Yeah. There's one interview that like stuck out to me a little bit because I think that I was hoping for a lot more than what I got. And it was with an NBA legend. And I was just very disappointed because he didn't feel like he wanted to be there at all. It's really hard to interview someone when they don't want to be there. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is just like, I guess 
you know, there's certain people. I don't, I don't know if I can say the name because I feel like people are just going to okay. take it and run with it. it. But it was an NBA legend, very like incredible basketball player, and he just. We had an hour with him, and I ended up cutting the interview to like ten minutes because I was like, he clearly doesn't want to be here. I'm not going to keep Tell asking him questions if he's not even giving me eye contact. Oh, you damn. know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a very strange situation. Again, I don't like to like throw too much fault on anybody because uh, you never know what's going on in their life. But yeah, he definitely had, didn't care to be there. Didn't care any any bit about me. The <laughs> like, hardest part too is like when you have expectations, like that goes for anything yeah. in life. When your expectations are so high about like interviewing someone or going somewhere and it's like not what you think, it's just yeah. like heart crushing because you're like, damn, I really wanted this to go a different way. Right. Luckily, like most of my interviews have gone pretty well. Um, and it's never an instance, like most people like talking to me and like want to be there or, and yeah. I make it fun in some capacity and all my interviews are something positive. Right. This person was like, no, I'm not having it. We let <laughs> it have like, a hint, okay. uh, just like a little hint. Don't say the name, but like maybe like, you know, hint. Uh, tall. Tall. It's not Shaq tall. though. Like Shaq's my butt. Do not think it's Shaq because like, <laughs> that's like my mentor slash like, I would call him like a best friend, so it's not him, oh. but a, yeah, very tall basketball player <laughs> who wasn't very nice to me. So I don't oh, know, maybe he was so just sad. having a bad day. <laughs> that's really sad, Rachel. Uh, okay, anyway. where can everyone find you and what are you up to next? You guys can follow me on any of my social media at R-A-D-E-M-I-T-A, R-A-D-E-M-I-T-A literally every social media. Um, right now, I'm working with Caesars Sportsbook, so we are doing a ton of content throughout Super Bowl, March Madness, NBA, All-Star Playoffs, all of those good things. Um, hosting a show with NBA Twitter. Cool. And our next episode, yeah, it's it's once a month. It's the Rising Stars Report. We interview young NBA players like rookies and sophomores in the wow. NBA. So that's really cool. Check that out on Twitter Spaces. My own podcast slash YouTube series is launching very soon. It might be up by the time this episode goes up, but I'm so freaking excited about it. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, anything else that comes up or things that I'm forgetting, I'll probably say it on my social media. So, <laughs> so just, go so just go and check out my social media. Awesome. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah. And I'm so excited you finally came on and you're in LA. And so we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye.